What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who is taking donations from the NRA, shame on I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, eight billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, that didn't happen, and here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world, but the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless us. And may God bless us. Director Mueller, I'd like to turn your attention to the June 9th, 2016 Trump Tower meeting. Um, slide two, uh, which should be on the screen now, is part of an email chain between Don Jr., Don, Donald Trump Jr. and a publicist representing the son of a Russian oligarch. The email exchange ultimately led to the now infamous June 9th, 2016 meeting. The email from the publicist to Donald Trump Jr. reads in part, the Crown Prosecutor of Russia offered to provide the Trump campaign with some official documents and information that would incriminate Hillary and her dealings with Russia and is a part of Russia and its government's support of Mr. Trump. In this email, Donald Trump Jr. is being told that the Russian government wants to pass along information which would hurt Hillary Clinton and help Donald Trump. Is that correct? That's correct. Now, Trump Jr.'s response to that email is slide three. He said, and I quote, if it is what you say, I love it, especially later in the summer. Then Donald Jr. Uh, invited senior campaign officials, Paul Manafort and, and Jared Kushner, to the meeting, did he not? He did. This email exchange is evidence of an offer of illegal assistance, is it not? I cannot adopt that characterization. But isn't it against the law for a presidential campaign to accept anything of value from a foreign government? Generally speaking, yes, but they're, generally the cases are, circum, are uh, uh, unique. <laughs> well, you say in uh, page 184 in volume one that the federal campaign finance law bro broadly prohibits foreign nationals from making contributions, et cetera, and then you say that foreign nationals may not make a contribution or donation of money or anything of value. It says uh, clearly in the report itself. Yeah, thank you. Uh, now, let's turn to what actually happened at the meeting. 
When Donald Trump Jr. and the others got to the June 9th meeting, they realized that the Russian delegation didn't have the promised, quote unquote, dirt. Uh, in fact, they got upset about that, did they not? I, I mean, generally, yes. Uh, you say in volume one, page 118, that Trump Jr. asked, what, what, what are we doing here? Uh, what, what, uh, what do they have on Clinton? And during the meeting, Kirshner actually texted Manafort saying it was, quote, a waste of time, end quote. Is that correct? I believe it's in the report uh, along the lines you specify. So to be clear, top Trump campaign officials learned that Russia wanted to help Donald Trump's campaign by giving him dirt on his opponent. Trump Jr. said loved it. Then he and senior officials held a meeting with the Russians to try to get that Russian help. But they were disappointed because the dirt wasn't as good as they had hoped. So to the next step, uh, did anyone, to your knowledge, in the Trump campaign ever tell the FBI of this offer? I don't believe so. Did Donald Trump Jr. tell the FBI that they received an offer of help from well, the I'm, Russians? I'm going to, uh, 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 that's about all I'll say on uh, on this aspect of it. Wouldn't it be true, sir, that if uh, if they had reported it to the FBI or anyone in that campaign during the course of your two-year investigation, you would have uncovered such a... I would hope, yes. Yes. Um, sir, is it not uh, the responsibility of political campaigns to inform the FBI if they receive information from a foreign government? I would think that uh, that's uh, something they would and should do. Well, not only did the campaign not tell the FBI, uh, they, they sought to hide the existence of the June 9th uh, meeting for over a year. Is that not correct? On the general characterization, I, I would question it. If you're referring to later uh, uh, initiative uh, that flowed from uh, the media, then... No, what I'm suggesting is that you've said in volume two, page five, on several occasions the president directed aides not to publicly disclose the email setting up the, the June 9th meeting. Yes, that's accurate. Thanks. Um, sir, given this illegal assistance by Russians, uh, you chose, even given that, you did not charge uh, Donald Trump Jr. or any of the other senior officials uh, with conspiracy. Is that right? Correct. And while it when may you're not talking about, uh, if you're talking about other individuals, you're talking about the attendees. Yes, that's on right. June 9, that's, that's right. Accurate. So, Mr. Mueller, even though it didn't, you didn't charge them with conspiracy. Don't you think that the American people would be concerned that these three senior uh, campaign officials eagerly sought a foreign adversary's help to win elections? And don't I, you think that reporting that is important? That we don't set a precedent for future elections? I, I can't accept that kind of characterization. Um, well, listen, I think that uh, it seems like a betrayal of American values to me, sir, that someone with, uh, if not being criminal, is definitely unethical and wrong. And I would think that we would not want to set a precedent that political campaigns should not divulge of information if it's foreign government's assistance. Thank you, sir. Mr. Turner. Mr. Mueller, I have your opening statement. And in the beginning of your opening statement, you indicate that pursuant to Justice Department regulations that you submitted a confidential report to the Attorney General at the conclusion of the investigation. What I'd like you to confirm is the report that you did that is the subject matter of this hearing was to the Attorney General. Yes. Now, you also state in this opening statement that you threw overboard the word collusion because it's not a legal term. You would not conclude because collusion was not a legal term. Well, it depends on how you want to use the, the word. In the general parlance, people can think of it that way. But if you're talking about in the criminal uh, statute arena, 
uh, you can't because uh, some uh, it really uh, uh, it's much more aptly and accurately described as conspiracy. Right. So in your words, are it's not a legal term, so you didn't put it in your conclusion, correct? That's what you're. That's correct. Is. Mr. Mueller, I want to talk about your powers and authorities. Now, the Attorney General and the appointment order gave you powers and authorities that reside in the Attorney General. Now, the Attorney General has no ability to give you powers and authority greater than the powers and, and authority of the Attorney General, correct? No, I don't believe, I, yeah, I think that uh, is correct. <clears throat> Mr. Mueller, I want to focus on one word in your report. It's a second to the last word in the report. It's exonerate. The report states, accordingly, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it does not exonerate him. Now, in the judiciary hearing, in your prior testimony, you've already agreed with Mr. Radcliffe that exonerate is not a legal term, that there is not a legal test for this. So I have a question for you, Mr. Mueller. Mr. Mueller, <clears throat> does the attorney general have the power or authority to exonerate? Now, what I'm putting up here is the United States Code. This is where the attorney general gets his power and the Constitution, and the annotated ver cases of these, which we've searched. We even went to your law school, because I went to Case Western, but I thought maybe your law school teaches it differently. And we got the criminal law textbook from your law school. Mr. Mueller, nowhere in these, because we had them scanned, is there a process or description on exonerate? There's no office of exoneration at the Attorney General's office. There's no certificate at the bottom of his desk. Mr. Mueller, would you agree with me that the Attorney General does not have the power to exonerate? Uh, I'm going to pass on that. Why? Because it embroils us in a legal discussion, and I'm not prepared to do a legal discussion in that arena. Well, Mr. Mr. Mueller, you would, you would not disagree with me when I say that there is no place that the Attorney General has the power to exonerate, and he's not been given that authority. You would Again, not disagree. Again, I'm not going to. I, I take your question. Great. Well, the one thing that I guess is that the Attorney General probably knows that he can't exonerate either. And, and that's the part that kind of confuses me. Because if the Attorney General doesn't have the power to exonerate, then you don't have the power to exonerate, and I believe he knows he doesn't have the power to exonerate. And so this is the part that I don't understand. If your report is to the Attorney General, and the Attorney General doesn't have the power to exonerate, and he does not, and he knows that you do not have that power, you don't have to tell him that you're not exonerating the President. He knows this already. So then that kind of changed the context I'm, of the I'm, report. I, no, we included in the report for exactly that reason. He may not know it, and he should know it. So you believe that the attorney, Bill Barr, believes that somewhere in the hallways of the Department of Justice there's an office of exoneration? No, that's not what I said. Well, I believe he knows, and I don't believe you put that in there for, for Mr. Barr. I think you put that in there for exactly what I'm going to discuss next, and that is to so the Washington Post yesterday. When speaking of your report, the article said Trump could not be exonerated of trying to obstruct the investigation itself. Trump could not be exonerated. Now, that statement is correct, Mr. Mueller, isn't it, in that no one can be exonerated? The reporter wrote this, that this reporter can't be exonerated. Mr. Mueller, you can't be exonerated. In fact, in our criminal justice system, there is no power or authority to exonerate. Now, this is my concern, Mr. Mueller. This is the headline on all of the news channels while you were testifying today. <clears throat> Mueller, Trump was not exonerated. Now, Mr. Mueller, what you know is that this can't say Mueller exonerated Trump, because you don't have the power or authority to exonerate Trump. You have no more power to declare him exonerated than you have the power to declare him Anderson Cooper. So the problem that I have here is 
that since there's no one in the criminal justice system that has that power, the president pardons, he doesn't exonerate. Courts and juries don't declare innocent, they declare not guilty. They don't even declare exoneration. The statement about exoneration is misleading and it's meaningless and it, it colors this investigation one word out of the entire portion of your report and it's a meaningless word that has no legal meaning and it has colored your entire report. The gentleman has expired. Mr. Carson. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Director Mueller, for your years of service to our country. Uh, I want to look more closely, sir, at uh, the Trump campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, uh, an individual who I believe betrayed our country, uh, who lied to a grand jury, who tampered uh, with witnesses, and who repeatedly tried to use his position with the Trump campaign to make more money. Let's focus on the betrayal and greed. Your investigation, sir, found a number of troubling contacts between Mr. Manafort and Russian individuals during and after the campaign. Is that right, sir? Correct. Correct. In addition to the June 9th meeting just discussed, Manafort also met several times with a man named Konstantin Kalimnik, who the FBI assessed to have ties with Russian intel agencies. Is that right, sir? Correct. In fact, Mr. Manafort didn't just meet with him, he shared private Trump campaign polling information with this man linked to Russian intelligence. Is that right, sir? That is correct. And in turn, the information was shared with a Russian oligarch tied to Vladimir Putin. Is that right, sir? Uh, allegedly. Director Mueller, uh, meeting with him wasn't enough. Sharing internal polling information wasn't enough. Mr. Manafort went so far as to offer this Russian oligarch tied to Putin a private briefing on the campaign. Is that right, sir? Yes, sir. And finally, Mr. Manafort also discussed internal campaign strategy on four battleground states, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Minnesota, with the Russian intelligence-linked individual. Did he not, sir? That's reflected in the report, as were the items you listed previously. Director Mueller, based on your decades of years of experience at the FBI, would you agree, sir, that it creates a national security risk when a presidential campaign chairman shares private polling information on the American people, private political strategy related to winning the votes of the American people, and private information about American battleground states with a foreign adversary? Is that the question, sir? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm not going to speculate along those lines. Uh, to the extent that it's within the lines of the report, then I support it. Uh, anything beyond that uh, uh, is not part of uh, that which I uh, would support. Well, I think it does, sir. I think it shows an infuriating lack of patriotism from the very people seeking the highest office in the land. Director Mueller Manafort didn't share this information in exchange for nothing, did he, sir? Uh, uh, I can't answer that question without knowing more about the, the uh, question. Well, I, it's clear that he hoped to be paid back money he was owed by Russian or Ukrainian oligarchs in return for the passage of private campaign information, correct? That, that is true. Uh, Director Mueller, as my colleague Mr. Heck will discuss later, uh, greed corrupts. Uh, would you agree, sir, that the sharing of private campaign information in exchange for money represents a particular kind of corruption one that presents a national security risk to our country, sir? I'm not going to opine on that. I'm, I don't have the expertise in that arena to really opine. Would you agree, sir, that Manafort's contacts with Russians close to Vladimir Putin and his efforts to exchange private information on Americans for money left him vulnerable to blackmail by the Russians? 
I'd say generally uh, so, that would be the case. Would you agree, sir, uh, that these acts demonstrated a betrayal of the democratic values of our country rests on? I, I can't agree with that. Uh, Director not Mueller. That it, not that it's not true, but I cannot agree with it. Yes, sir. Director Mueller, well, I can tell you that in my years of experience as a law enforcement officer and as a member of Congress, uh, fortunate to serve on the Intel Committee, I know enough to say yes. Uh, trading political secrets for money with a foreign adversary can corrupt, and it can leave you open to blackmail, and it certainly represents a betrayal of the values underpinning our democracy. I want to thank you for your service again, Director Mueller. We appreciate you for coming today. I yield back, Chairman. Dr. Wenstrup. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Mueller, for being here today. Mr. Miller, is it accurate to say your investigation found no evidence that members of the Trump campaign were involved in the theft or publication of Clinton campaign-related emails? Yeah. Can you read uh, or can you repeat the question? Is it accurate to say your investigation found no evidence that members of the Trump campaign were involved in the theft or publication of the Clinton campaign-related emails? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, what they, well. well, volume one, page five, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. So it would uh, therefore be inaccurate, based on this, to describe uh, that finding as open to doubt, that finding being uh, that a Trump campaign was involved with theft or publication of the Clinton campaign emails. Are you following that, sir? I, I, I do believe I'm following it, but it is uh, uh, that portion of that matter it does not fall within our jurisdiction or, I, or I, I fall within our investigation. Well, basically what, you, what you, your report says, volume one, page five, I just want to be clear that open to doubt is how the committee Democrats described this finding in their minority views to, uh, of our 2018 report. And it, it, it kind of flies in the face of what you have in, in your report. But, so is it accurate also to say uh, the investigation found no documentary evidence that George Papadopoulos told anyone affiliated with the Trump campaign about Joseph Smith's claims that the Russians had dirt on Canada Clinton? Let me uh, turn that over to Mr. Uh, Sadly. I'd like to ask you, sir, uh, this is your report, and, and that's what I'm basing this on. And then could you repeat the question for me again? Yeah, is it accurate to say the investigation found no documentary evidence that George Papadopoulos told anyone affiliated with the Trump campaign about Joseph Misfit's claims that the Russians had dirt on candidate Clinton? I believe uh, it appearing in the report that it's uh, accurate. Okay, so it, yeah, in the report it says no documentary evidence that Papadopoulos shared this information with the campaign. It's therefore inaccurate to conclude that by the time of the June 9, 2016 Trump Tower meeting, quote, the campaign was likely already on notice via George Papadopoulos's contact with Russian agents that Russia, in fact, had damaging information on Trump's opponent. Would you say that that is inaccurate to say that it's it's likely already? I direct you to I could direct you to the report. Well, I appreciate that because the Democrats jumped to this incorrect incorrect collusion in their minority views again, which contradicts what you have in in your report. 
I'm concerned about a number of statements I'd like you to clarify because a number of Democrats have made some statements that I have concerns with and, and maybe you can clear them up. So a member of this committee said President Trump was a Russian agent after your report was publicly released. That statement is not supported by your report, correct? Uh, that is accurate. It's not supported. Multiple Democrat members have asserted that Paul Manafort met with Julian Assange in 2016 before WikiLeaks released DNC emails implying Manafort colluded with Assange. Because your report does not mention finding evidence that Manafort met with Assange, I would assume that means you found no evidence of this meeting. Is that assumption correct? I'm, I'm not certain I agree with that assumption. But you make no mention of it in your report. Would you agree with that? Uh, yes, I would agree with that. Okay, Mr. Mueller, does your report contain any evidence that President Trump was enrolled in the Russian system of compromat as a member of this committee once claimed? Well, to uh, what I can speak to is uh, information, evidence that we picked up as the uh, special counsel, and I think that's accurate uh, as far as it goes. Thank you. I appreciate that. So let, let's go for a second to, to scope. Did you ask the Department of Justice to expand the scope of the special counsel's mandate related to August 2nd, 2017, or August 20th, 2017 scoping memoranda? Well, there, uh, 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 without looking at the memoranda, I could not answer that. Well, question. let me ask you, did you ever make a request to expand your office's mandate which, at all? Uh, generally, uh, yes. And was that ever denied? Uh, I'm not going to speak to that. It, it goes to no internal deliberations. Well, I'm just trying to understand process. Does expanding the scope come from the acting attorney general uh, or uh, I'm not Rosenstein, or does it come from you, or can it come from either? I'm not going to discuss uh, any, uh, any other uh, alternatives. Thank you, Mr. Mullen. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something, you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. Can you believe that we're getting away with this? Ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. You wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Apple Podcasts, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Audible, and more. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Public Access Public America. Access. History in the making. History in the making. In the making. In the making.